0: Hello Dreamers, this is Janine and Stephanie and welcome to the Course of Course episode 72.
1: Happy New Year to all our brothers and sisters.
0: Absolutely, all the dreamers out there.
1: We're learning to undo the mind together. Since January 2nd, I decided to go on a cleanse, a detox cleanse, building my health back up. Um, In the last podcast, we were talking about weight and how The holidays happen and you know all this food is around and how I was indulging and for the first time in my life I noticed how my body just completely ballooned up and it was swollen and it hurt to move and I was like I can't exist this way like I have to cut out sugar completely so January 2nd I decided like no more alcohol in the evenings um no more baked anything. And uh, just focus on fruits and vegetables and proteins. Walking, Art and Persa said it was important to walk. And juicing, I pulled out my old juicer as I was rearranging the kitchen. Um, My Jack LaLanne juicing book from like 1992. I've been juicing twice a day. They say that the fruit juices help detox and the Vegetable juices help build, and as I'm walking, I'm joining with the Holy Spirit, and as I'm juicing, I'm joining with the Holy Spirit, and I'm um, listening to the Yogananda audiobook. So I feel like, um, I think my theme right now is like, am I hostage to the ego? <laughs> you know, because that's so real and constant, or am I host to God? And I feel like I'm just kind of focused on building moments of being host to God And I feel like this gives me some control or some structure in my experience to daily meditate, juice, and walk. And I feel like, wow, like almost a whole new person in just these first nine days. I'm already down seven pounds.
0: Oh, my God. That's fantastic, Stephanie. Well done.
1: Yeah. And like my ankles don't hurt and my knees and my hips, like everything is moving better. So it's just it's just a wild experience to see how the body could get so inflamed and then how through some simple clean eating and being in our right mind and conscious of, of everything just how quickly the body can also respond.
0: You know it's timely too because so many people look to you know the big year to start a new diet and get healthy. So I think you're a really good role model for people to kind of say okay look at Stephanie. She's doing this and she's cutting out sugar, which is hard. I mean, we've talked about this before that sugar can be very toxic to your body. It's interesting because certainly during the holidays, somehow the culture is, oh, I'm going to eat all these sweets in the holidays. And then, you know, maybe I'll, you know, stop eating sugar going into the new year. But the problem is it's like any other addiction. It's not that easy to go cold turkey. And I'm so glad that you did Very impressed, Steph.
1: I think that the fruit juices are helping to heal my bacteria in my abdomen, like my digestive system. So that's actually, I think, changing the landscape, the biodiversity of even my cravings. Like I'm not craving the sweets anymore. And I'm trying to find the sweets inward by connecting with the Holy Spirit and the bliss of heaven and resting in God uh, than finding it in. A chocolate chip cookie.
0: That's a good reminder, actually. You were talking about Yogananda, so you were listening to—is this the autobiography of a yogi? Correct, it okay. is.
1: And I—I I went through it once. This was like my Audible credit for December, and so I've just started reviewing it a second time because there's a lot of stories that go forward in time and backward in time and are told by different people. So sometimes I got a little confused, but overall. I feel like this book is so powerful, and I invite everyone to check it out. I think Audible's great. The actor Sir Ben Kingsley is the narrator. I think like some of the things that have been most important is just hearing him talk about his own spiritual journey of being trained by different gurus, who are souls that are living these extended times. Like some of these beings live 500 to a thousand years. They're living in an astral level, and they can pop in, like Art and Persa, you know, into a physical form, and it just made me, it kind of like reinforced the the path home or something. Like it's shining some light.
0: I remember reading autobiography of a yogi back when we were in graduate school. It's a pretty thick book, and I remember knowing that it was like the the sweetest, most gentle book in terms of how the story was told by Yogananda and it remains one of my absolute favorite books not just in a spiritual genre but in all genres there is something so endearing about Paramahansa Yogananda and you know we're we're lucky because we've had the opportunity to go to his lake shrine in Pacific Palisades and also in Encinitas I think so it's um Both of those places are are just so peaceful and beautiful and certainly magical, you know, kind of walked on this earth and, you know, had friendships and experiences. And there was a documentary, I believe it's still there, on Netflix that talked about Yogananda.
1: It's called, excuse me, Alive. At least I think it is. And it's now on Gaia. It moved off of Netflix.
0: Okay. Can you explain what Gaia is to our listeners?
1: It is a network that streams like Netflix, so there's no commercials and you pay a monthly fee, and it's out of Boulder, Colorado, and they have all kinds of spiritual shows, including yoga, meditation, things on ancient civilizations, alien secret space program, all kinds of fun things, down to like David Avocado, the guy who does all the raw foods, um, the superfoods that I'm into, superfoods. So there's all kinds of subjects. Kriya yoga is something that Yogananda talks about, and that's letting go of things in the world and hearing him talk about the palate and food and how I've always experienced it as a weapon from the ego that it uses food to keep me separate. He interviews this woman who was in a car crash or something when she was 17 and she lost her sight and she kept praying. And when her sight came back three years later, she decided that she would stop eating and just live her life, whatever was left of it, as like a saint or like a,
0: an ascetic.
1: Yeah, like giving thanks uh, to spirit for giving her sight back. And so uh, Yogananda visits her, as do the Catholic Church and all kinds of people, because they can't believe that all she's living on is basically the cosmic light. And when he visits her, he can see, uh, like, her, I don't know if it's her aura or her uh, astral body or something and, and how she's plugged in. so once a week on Fridays, she visits this church and her hands bleed where Christ was hit in the palms of the hands with the nails. And it's some kind of, like, suffering that she can channel humanity's suffering and take it on for them and her body's able to do that. And she's able to, you know, like give it over and, um, and then her hands heal and she comes back on Friday. So like every Friday she does this and she doesn't eat any food. She has one little wafer, but there's all these kind of magical stories in the book, including this one guy who wrangles tigers. He's a Swami and how a King says he'll give him all the gold in the world or whatever to wrangle this, this lion. and, It rips his arm and, you know, like he survives and he heals. So I felt like some of these stories that he shares just shows how supernatural and magical spirit is and that it can move. It can move mountains. It can turn that mustard seed into the mountain. And that if it can be true for them, then it can be true for me. So I'm kind of taking on this attitude of, you know, the make this year different by making it all the same and just having trust that my future is completely taken care of. And I just feel more trusting or like more connected to spirit after listening to this Paramahansa Yogananda book. And I just adore him.
0: I do too. And it's also lovely when you have a narrator like Ben Kingsley, because it does help you kind of get immersed into the story.
1: Definitely having a professional actor read is Is very critical.
0: Praman's Yogananda. Did he pass away in the 30s or 40s? I
1: don't. I think it was the 40s. Okay. But I don't know.
0: So he wasn't a contemporary for us, meaning he didn't live on the earth at the same time we have been in these bodies. Um, But he certainly has been, you know, within the last century.
1: I used to live by his Mount Washington um, here in Los Angeles, the Mother Center is what we used to call it. And I used to go there. In my 20s before I left L.A. to meet you in Virginia because of our past lives of working in entertainment and probably being in Hollywood. I'm assuming that I had been already familiar with Yogananda and that's why he resonates so much for me in this lifetime and why I've been living near his centers Mm -hmm. (laughs) and have visited so many of his centers.
0: A really good point. You're only a few miles currently from the lake shrine. You were very close to the one you just discussed, and you were in San Diego, uh, close to the Encinitas one as well. Yeah,
1: it's kind of interesting.
0: I never thought about that. It's like you have located whether it was intentional or not, probably non intentional, but close enough to these areas where you could easily go there when you maybe need a little spiritual injection
1: yes yes which just reminds me when gary and cindy were talking in the patreon class on thursday night and someone had asked a question gary was saying like we're in soul circles of, of groups of people and you know we've been in lifetimes with them and our extended community here in in la and it would make sense about the Yogananda part too. Like, it's just like, we're all just one big old one mind thinking it's split.
0: What's great about the Gary and Cindy uh, classes and to our listeners and dreamers, that is their Patreon classes. Um, if you haven't looked into those, you should. They have two classes per month. And what is really fascinating to me is how the audience is made up, literally, of people around the world. So we, were all, we will all be... Listening in to Gary or Sandy discussing, you know, Art and Persa or whatever the topic is for that class, and you can see like where everybody is from. Oh, I'm from France, I'm from Japan. So even though in the United States, because they're broadcasting from Los Angeles, It might be 5 p.m., let's just say, in the Pacific time zone. It could be 3 a.m. somewhere. And people are still there attending at the same time. I love that. Everybody around the world that are on that class are together in that moment in time listening to Gary and Cindy. It always fascinates me how we can all be brought together, like you were saying, in spiritual circles. And they definitely have been kind of like the hub of the spiritual circle for a while now. And I know I'm grateful. I'm sure you are grateful, too, to what Gary and certainly Cindy have brought to us. Both in their ability to kind of guide and teach us, but also to kind of just be with us in a community. So without the hierarchy part of it, everybody kind of learning from one another, which is always a lovely thing. And it's certainly lovely when you look at the entire community is worldwide. It's global. Yeah. And it it can only be you know a positive if, if we continue to kind of embrace that. And not fall back onto these geopolitical boundaries and things like that. Oh, I'm, I'm from the United States and you're from not the United States. You know what I mean? So I just I love the spiritual community because it breaks down all those false boundaries. Oneness. Oneness, exactly. Love oneness. Big fan. If you don't mind, I think I'd like to talk about something that's been really weighing on me the past couple of weeks. And it's this concept of fear. There are times when I think I am such a great Course in Miracles student. I totally get it. You know, I listen to podcasts. We have our own podcast. I I read all this material. I'm so good until I'm not. And the reality is I'm always a good course student on weekends. But when I'm in my office Monday through Friday, I'm so not. And lately, it's kind of like the more... I get deeper into the course, the more my uh, forgiveness opportunities become intense. I feel like when we first started getting into the course, and although we've been through the spiritual buffet line for quite some time, we've really only been core students since around 2014, 2013, 2014. So, you know, at least for me, it's still a new I guess relatively speaking that we have met many core students who have been doing this for 30 years or whatever but for me when I'm at work it is that petri dish of this is what's really happening in my illusory world and this is what I'm projecting out and I'm fascinated by kind of what is reflecting back to me In the past couple of weeks I've really been dealing with fear and not like oh my gosh a tiger is going to come and eat me it's not base fear, right? But it's this fear of, I think people have talked about this before, like they are afraid of being found out or fear of failure or whatever that comes up in an ego environment, like that work situations can be. It's very ego driven. For me, I've been dealing with someone and I've talked about having what I would call work monsters. So I've created another one, as yes, I do. It, it has been very challenging for me. This person is hierarchically in a subordinate position, but does not report to me, um, is not a, what we would call a full-time employee, but this person has an attitude and has one since the day we started working together where I think she just truly hates me. I I don't know why, but it's kind of like when you, you meet somebody and for whatever reason you're kind of turned off, that's kind of how I feel it's coming at me, and it's been months, actually, that this has been happening, but it's only really intensified in the past few weeks, I would say. And the way it is manifesting is affecting me at the ego level. So it's a lot of condescending comments, disrespect, one might say, and I get real, my feathers get really ruffled, because this is somebody who, for all intents and purposes, should not be talking to anyone that way and definitely shouldn't be talking to me in the particular situations that we are in. But here I find myself there. And so I have been struggling with, sure, I could probably make a big deal about this and likely maybe get her let go. So I've been struggling with, what do I do? What's my path here? It has been something that has been weighing on me for Quite some time. The more I kind of peel off the onion of this one, and this one for me is the kind of work monsters that I keep creating in in these situations. So that's that's kind of like the big onion. And I keep peeling them off, and you know, I have a work monster, and then we work through it, and I let it go. Same thing, same pattern, let it go. This one is more intense. I feel like these layers are getting more intense. And you had said to me before that, you know, maybe this is good because it's showing that you're able to handle this and kind of work through it. I believe that whatever I'm going through right now with this person clearly is kind of like a maybe a past life situation or, you know, it's just it's this deep uh, forgiveness that I need to address. And she's kindly acting out as a protagonist to allow me to examine it and it's only been in the past week or so that I finally got it and it's not that I didn't get it intellectually I get what's happening I get the pattern it was the first time I really said oh my god it's me I really don't like some aspect of me that I keep creating this projection at work right so that one kind of really blew my mind in in both a good way and a bad way because I thought oh okay so now I can start addressing it what is it all these um deep forgiveness opportunities that keep presenting themselves and now I've got this big one and although these things aren't painful in the sense that it's not like I don't know executive vice president is threatening my career it's nothing like that when you think about it this is minor stuff It's just somebody who's causing me some annoyance that my ego is making it seem like it's a much bigger deal. I find it fascinating that when we talk about things like respect and disrespect, it's such an ego thing. It's like, how dare you outside of me make it seem that I'm not important. But the reality is I'm the one who is disrespecting myself and I'm projecting that outward. It's kind of like a, a it's mind gymnastics. I was going to say a, a cuss word, but I won't. Now I have to start working on healing myself and stop putting any attention on these monsters that I've been creating external to me. The short story long of this is this particular person, uh, this, this woman, she's moving away from me. She's actually going to a different department. She's not going to be working with me anymore. And I thought, okay, now I can breathe. But before this happens again, which, if you look at the pattern, it might, what do I do now? Because the point of power is in the present. I have to truly look at this and figure out how I can stop my own projection from becoming this. Continual pattern where I just come back to this podcast every week or every episode and say, Here we go again. And I don't want that to happen. So I'm hoping today, our first podcast in 2020, those of you who are listening, if you could send me any thoughts you have or any suggestions, that would be super, super helpful. But if not, that's fine. I do want to come back in the next couple podcasts and give you an update on where I am because I would like to keep myself accountable. And I certainly would like to have others keep me accountable if they can, if they want to, because it's such an important thing for me and it's such an important lesson. And I'm sure that other people are probably struggling with things like being disrespected and feeling like, you know, their ego is getting bruised, et cetera. But I want to get past that. I'm to break through it. It's kind of like stuff you're talking about breaking through the whole weight thing the sugar thing. Mm-hmm. For me, it's really the ego thing. I know it's a broad brush perspective. It really has been a massive monkey on my back. And I've got to get this thing vanquished, definitely this year.
1: Well, your playground, your classroom has definitely been the work environment. Oh,
0: so true. So very true. You okay. know what? I think? Other people's uh, playgrounds might be personal relationships. People who have been struggling, you know, in romantic situations or maybe marriages or whatever. But you're right. I think we do create our own kind of like playgrounds, our own petri dish of experience that we kind of create. That's our forum, our arena of transcendence.
1: It's almost like, it's not the, I don't know that it's the Holy Spirit trying to catch our attention. But the not- the moment we notice we've lost our peace because something icky is happening out in the playground. That's the opportunity to go back inward. And I think it's the muscle and the practice of true forgiveness of just constantly stopping, choosing again, giving it over. Because when we're focused inward, there's peace. And when we're focused outward, it's always going to be a projection of the guilt. It's And it comes in so many forms. And I think at its root level, it's just that guilt of separating from God. But it's like, we never even left God. I mean, we're still in heaven. We're just having a dream. I would invite you, and I'm constantly working on this myself, is just to keep, as soon as I remember, I connect. And then I forget. And, you know, because life happens. And then I remember. And it's like, I connect. And just keep letting go. And I think what you can do now is just Because there will be another work monster, most likely, is is connect with your inner kindness teacher and write about it and talk about it and meditate on it and just give it all over.
0: Like, I want to master this. Yeah, I took your advice because you had said, why don't you, when you have these moments, listen to audio books. And you suggested listening to the course again. And I started listening to it, and it reminded me of the fact that I hadn't heard the actual course audio for over a year. It's kind of important because I had been listening to a lot of other things that were kind of talking about the course or were course-inspired. I hadn't heard the actual words of the course until today. It's been a, a long time. So thank you for reminding me to do that. It was nice to actually hear that beautiful voice again. Talking specifically about words directly from Jesus and Helen. And you got, it's always important to go to the source when you're curious or when you're troubled or when you need inspiration. Going to the source is phenomenal because it brings you right back to those words, to that thought to say, Oh, okay, that's what Jesus was saying. It's good to listen to the other audios and the other podcasts or whatever within the course community, but I really encourage people to do what Stephanie did for me. And that's to remind you when you have the opportunity to listen to the course on audio, get the course on audio through audible or however you want to do it. It really does make a difference. It made a difference for me. It really focused me back to where I needed to focus.
1: In the middle of the night when I used to work, you know, crazy hours in the corporate world, I couldn't sleep so that's what I would do is I just put on the audiobook and I call it drilling it in so when I'm hooked by the ego and I can't get off the treadmill I just put on the audiobook and it it just is
0: consoling yeah the course itself it's not narrative in the sense that you can go anywhere in that thing. You, you can start in like chapter 52 or whatever. It doesn't really matter, right? Because it's not like telling a story that builds on the first, you know, narrative piece. Not that it isn't definitely helpful to go through it once, you know, all the way through. But I find that much like people would say about the Bible, you could pick up the Bible and open to whatever passage in it will have meaning for you at that moment. That's kind of how I feel with the course. I agree.
1: I've been reviewing the workbook lessons I started actually last like the end of last January so it's been a year and I'm maybe halfway through I'm just going at my own pace since it's the second time but from lesson 156 I walk with God in perfect holiness he says you cannot walk the world apart from God because you could not be without him he is what your life is where you are he is there is one life that life you share with him Nothing can be apart from him and live. And I just like that paragraph because, again, it's going inward and connecting and kind of giving over the crazy in the The moment. moment Just finding like a little bit of peace in the moment. And it just is kind of like a little reboot, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm finding about politics before it's just kind of like in our it's weird living both within the spiritual world and then in what we call the real world which we also know is illusory Um, but things like politics and war and missiles and all that kind of stuff it's it's a bit jarring so it's very easy to get sucked into that certainly during the united states this is going into an election year finding one side of the other and choosing a candidate That you like uh, and saying, oh, no, this is my guy. I'm not going to vote for your guy. It's like everything in this illusory world is um, separating. Right. It's it's division. And what Jesus is always talking about is, you know, we never left God. You just mentioned it. We're with God. All of this stuff is just a dream. And the dream can feel very real. And we were talking, I think, last week and I was saying, oh, my God, I'm really feeling the dream today. I remember hearing that from uh, Jackie and Cindy, um, that's uh, Jackie Laura Jones and Cindy Renard, that they would say to each other, wow, I'm really feeling the dream today. I definitely feel it. I certainly feel it more (laughs) lately than I have. It can be challenging to kind of block out everything that's going on around us. Those of you who have heard this for a while, I'm a big history buff, and I've listened to a lot of history podcasts, and I read a lot. I don't think that this time period, that we're, this illusory time period that we're in, is any worse than some previous time periods in the United States history. There have been some pretty divisive, very difficult time frames. I, I definitely don't think this is the worst it's ever been. But I do feel that it's an easy thing to do to fall back into, you know, oh, they're stupid. They don't know what they're doing. They're morons. They you know what I mean? It's that constant. It's that ego fight. It's the ego constantly bringing stuff up and wanting us to believe that we're better or smarter or you know different in a better way than somebody else is. It's constant and it never ends. So, there is that practice that we have to enable to remember that even though we're seeing this in front of us, it isn't real. And it's like you were saying you have, you know, you remember, then you forget. You remember, then you forget. The idea of being at one with each other and being at one with Jesus and and God and remembering that we never left anyway can be very hard to remember in kind of like a long series of moments. I can sit at home when I'm quiet and no one's around me and I'm not being distracted. Like I said before, I'm a perfect course student for a minute or two minutes, and then something else will distract me and I'll forget again and I'll get sucked into that quote unquote real world that doesn't even exist. So it's yet you know just another reminder That it's okay. That it's a journey. That we have to keep remembering to focus, even in the small moments that we have, and it might only be one moment every other day. At least it's something. This is true. I know you're all of a sudden a big fan of the um, Green Bay Packers <laughs> watching football and saying, oh, this is my team and I want my team to win. But your team isn't any different than the opposition. It's all just a game. But it's fascinating how we as humans are like, oh, no, I'm rooting for these guys and not those guys. Well, it's interesting
1: that the boyfriend, Little Jay, is that's his team. So I've kind of taken it on. But as a kid in the house, my dad always had the TV on and there was always a baseball game or a basketball game or a football game, professional game, college game, like sports were always on. So there was something about um, this childhood comfort that comes from hearing a game on that had been missing for me since I never got married and had kids or anything. And so it's been kind of fun to get into football again and they're doing well, so we're very happy.
0: Well, they're in the playoffs, right? Or at least they're fighting for the playoffs, at least at the time that we are recording. I think it's interesting that something about sports was sort of imprinted on you as a young Stephanie. And it's kind of like being around it again kind of reminds you of that.
1: Yeah, we used to go to the Aztec, which is San Diego State and the Charger games and the Padre games, because I grew up in San Diego. So maybe it's about like being with my dad and hanging out and We always had season tickets, so.
0: In Cincinnati, Ohio, we had the big red machine at the time, Cincinnati Reds baseball and the Cincinnati Bengals football. Um, The Bengals haven't exactly been the most prolific team of late, but neither have the Reds, actually. But I also have those memories of being a young Janine and going to his games, and I just loved it, and, you know, I play softball. So sports has always been A big thing for me, but there is something kind of nice and oddly romantic about going to these games when you're a kid with your, your dad and kind of experiencing it. I love being around people who are working together. I, I mean, it's sort of what I do now as an adult, but i it's one of the reasons why I love sp- playing sports so much. It's like that feeling of working together for like one objective.
1: And all of the nuances of things that are not even said, but somehow you guys are so connected that you can read each other's minds.
0: Exactly. It's like we can anticipate people's needs and based on what we know of them, we can say, okay, I think that this might make sense if I do this or have this move. I know they'll have my back kind of thing. So that stuff's always really nice. It's interesting for me because I'm a natural introvert. So playing sports pulls me into a more extrovert kind of experience, which I really appreciate. I also like things, soul kind of sports. Like I like playing tennis, but I don't get the same juice out of it. It Mm. doesn't feed me in the same way that, you know, team sports do.
1: I think walking's amazing. Just feeling the body moving and how like it can take a curb better or it can go up a little incline better or you can all of a sudden I can twist around in the house, you know, and and lean over and grab for something without feeling like my back is going to go out and it's just walking is awesome.
0: I love walking, too. I also like when you are walking and you're going up, like you were saying, a slight incline, the the feeling of that, kind of like your glutes get engaged. And there's just something that feels good in the body when you do move it. That's for sure.
1: All the circulation's moving, the juices, like all the lubricants in the joints get oiled. It's It's just very beneficial.
0: Do you listen to any music when you walk?
1: I just listen to audiobooks and, excuse me, 44 chapters in the Yogananda book. It's a really long book.
0: I find walking is a great thing because it engages your body, but you can listen to audio. In, in the same way that I do when I'm driving, I just had a marathon drive. I drove from Dallas to Cincinnati to my family over the Christmas break. It was 16 hours and then 16 hours back to Dallas. So it was a lot of me sitting in the car and I loved listening. It's kind of like that, that moment where nobody's bothering you. You're not listening to phones ringing. You're not really getting texts, thankfully. It's just you in, in that car and listening one-on-one. It's just, it's an amazing feeling.
1: I was just thinking, because it's the beginning of the year, there's a lot of different people doing the workbook lessons. Like, I noticed that Maria and her husband, Christian, have teamed up. And they're offering daily online through YouTube. It's free. They're doing the lessons. So if anyone is looking for a group because maybe you don't have one near you and you just want to do it through online, you might keep Maria Felipe in mind. And Maureen Maldun also does them. And then our friend Kieran in the UK is doing them. So if there's people on that time zone. Uh, she was working in London with the Miracle Network, who publishes the magazine, and they do events there, all kinds of course events. Lisa Natoli goes, Gary, Cindy, Jackie, Maria, they've all done stuff there. And but she's just moved outside of London, so she's offering the workbook lessons as well, like Jennifer Hadley. I'm sure they all do it. So, and the Teachers of God, I think they started a TV channel or something like on YouTube with some different interviews and that's probably all free too. Who are teachers of God? That's like Lisa Natoli and Bill Free. Okay. Their whole clan of people. It's a whole group of people. And they're always at the conference. So the Course of Miracles conference this year is in May and there's still tickets available. It's in the end of May. So Gary, Cindy, Jackie will be there, and we'll be there. We've got our ticket.
0: And our dear friend Stefan in mm-hmm. France, uh, he had let us know that hopefully he can make it. He's certainly intending to. So that would be great to see him as well. Definitely. I also wanted to um, talk a little about one of the American presidential candidates that has just kind of ended their run. That was Marianne Williamson. Many of you have probably read her books. She was the one, I think it was Return to Love, that I read back in graduate school. I could consume that book. I couldn't yet consume the big blue book, the actual Course in Miracles text. But I did read Marianne Williamson's work. And when she joined the race, and you know, I listened to a few of her debates when she was on the stage with the other democratic candidates and I really appreciated her perspective. Um, She did talk at a level that I think most of the American public might not have been ready for but I super appreciated the fact that she gave it a shot and you know hats off to you Marianne Williamson. I think you, you ran a good race and do sincerely appreciate your voice and your Desire to make the United States a better place, kind of coming from a spiritual perspective. So, thank you, Marianne Williamson, and onward and upward. And it'll be interesting to see where she goes from here. For sure.
1: She speaks in New York City. So, and I think in LA too, once a month. She'll probably keep doing that.
0: That's great. You know, we've had a lot of teachers along our spiritual path, and she was definitely one of them, I would say.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, I used to see her in the 80s here speak about the course at the Methodist Church up in Hollywood, and that's how I first learned about it. And I'm very grateful. I got the cassettes. You know,
0: she had cassettes. I remember those cassettes. I used to get those all the time. It's We're dating ourselves, but that's how it is. I mean, back in the day, people, we actually had those small little cassette tapes that we would have to put them in, we'd play them, then we'd have to pop them out and flip them over, if I remember correctly. Yeah. uh, Play the second side, so... Definitely things have changed. Now you can download things right into your device much better.
1: Scotty, beat me up.
0: 2020 just seems like such a a futuristic year, right? Like, oh my God, I never would have thought 2020. I was going to live through that. So we'll see. We'll see how 2020 unfolds. I love the fact that it's also kind of like the parallel to perfect vision, so we'll see what this year is going to be like and if we can see clearly. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. There you go, Stephanie. <clears throat> it's soundtrack to our... <laughs> yeah.
1: We can imagine all the clouds going away and the light shining the truth of who we really are.
0: I'm looking forward to it. This is a year of, you know, changes as as every year is. It's funny that we always say, oh, no, you know, Monday is the beginning of the new week. Well, you know, that's all arbitrary. The reality is we are living moment to moment. Experience is in the now. So I think I was reading the giant material, which is the way of mastery. In that book, they were talking about the past and the past doesn't really exist. But yet we're always looking to make judgments on the future based on the past. I thought, you know, it's a really good point. We kind of block people and and cement them. Like for me, I would say, oh, this person at my work that I was having so many problems with in the past few months, she was doing this and she was treating me badly. Therefore, I have to assume that tomorrow she's going to treat me badly. So it's like I have to keep remembering. Stop doing that.
1: What if in your mind you imagined that you loved her? And that she was created by you as an as a opportunity to remember who you are and and like grace and grateful and things like that. And even though you might not feel it completely, like honestly, just doing the practice of that with joint as you join with that inner kindness teacher, it just kind of makes the experience shift like she'll start shifting. You'll shift the whole thing's going to shift.
0: Yeah, exactly. I have tried and I have failed, (laughs) to be honest with you. I know it it felt disingenuous because I I, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I I really am going to love her. And then in my mind's eye, I felt like I was like, where's where's my dagger? I need to. So I had to step back from that visual (laughs) (laughs)
1: I really hate her
0: self to be able
1: to love me. Exactly. I put down that I wrote down that the forgiveness of self and realizing again that I'm here to awaken and shine the light of truth of who we really are, which is love and that we're all from the same God. Um, Forgiveness of self, you know, there's just so much guilt that we carry because we think we separated, but we didn't really. And it just shows up in all these crazy ways.
0: Yeah, it does indeed. Yeah, just again, it's over and over again, trying to stay in the moment, trying to remember that we are all God and we never left and everything else is illusory. It's a pretty simple, I think you were saying that Gary had mentioned this in his Patreon class that, you know, this isn't, uh, it's simple, the concept, but it's difficult in practice.
1: It's not easy.
0: So that's okay. I mean, we'll get there. I know we'll get there. And I'm sure that our listeners are going to get there if they're not there already. And we're so appreciative of them. Anyone who listens to us struggle, I you know, I want to hug you all because you're kind of like coming along with us on our journey. So thank you again. I can't wait to see how 2020 unfolds for all of us.
1: I will be getting a full-time job. I could be moving, like, who knows what's going to happen.
0: But you know what I think you're bringing up a good point. Change can be um unsettling for people. Change is not something that generally I think we embrace. I'm I'm big on that. I'm not. It's weird like I will make big changes, but I don't really relish them. It's not like, "Oh yes, I can't wait to see what changes today." But <laughs> I get the fact that in order to kind of expand my awareness and and my spiritual kind of acumen, You know, it's embracing it and understanding that change is just yet another moment that we have an opportunity to choose to choose to be closer to God. Yeah, look at that. Just came right out. All right, Steph, is there anything that we'd like to say before we wrap this one up today?
1: I'm just going to read my card. I am the light of the world. That is my only function. And that is why I am
0: here. That's perfect. I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad all our listeners are here. Thank you again for coming along with us in episode 72. We will be back again in a few weeks. Please take care of yourselves and each other and have a good evening. Good night.